0: Welcome to the One and Eight Podcast, here where you find all things faith and concerning infertility. You'll also find ways to overcome on your journey. So grab a friend and tune in on all streaming platforms. Welcome to the podcast one in eight. I am your host, Janae, and I am one in eight, and today we have Brittany joining us. Thank you, Brittany, for coming. Hey, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so today is an awesome day. I'm so excited you were able to come and join us and give us a little bit about your story and how we got connected and just everything that encompasses what walking through infertility looks like. Um how you were able to share your story with other women through ministry, through just, you know, life itself. So I guess my my disclaimer is I met Brittany and her husband, Pastor Aaron, um, for our premarital counseling, and we became friends. And yeah. they began to share their story with us. And that was really my, I guess, real encounter with you know seeing a couple struggle and praying and fasting and believing and it's been year after year Mm -hmm. and the lord still hasn't answered but he did um and so through this journey i've seen her encourage other women share their testimony and it's it's just been a friendship that blossomed from okay we have to have premarital counseling to this being a person walking with me on on my journey yeah So give me a little I guess synopsis of how your how your story started or you know after you guys got married, when did you realize that maybe something isn't quite right Did you guys try
1: right away? like give me the, the deeds. yeah so really, I never define my situation as infertility. Maybe the last year we were dealing with it, Mm -hmm. but I was so focused on a condition that I have called PCOS. So that's polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm -hmm. So that condition had my body so out of whack, my hormones walk all over the place. Um, I had cycles that were unpredictable. When I say unpredictable, that was, I didn't know when they were going to start, but I also did not know when they were going to finish. It was literally like the one with the issue of blood. I could bleed weeks on end sometimes months at a time. Mm. So when I received the diagnosis of PCOS, I really think my primary focus wasn't necessarily having children. It was, Lord, how in the world am I going to get pregnant if I'm bleeding for two (laughs) two months? Come on. Like, this is just not going to happen. And so it was was a process. Those first two years of marriage, maybe even three, really, uh, the process was more about, Me trying to figure out how to be healthy and how Mm -hmm. to predict my cycles, because then if I could predict my cycles, then we could figure out, okay, this is the window to conceive. And, you know, it's such a small window, Janae. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just to get it in (laughs) it is like literally feels like happen chance you know what I mean and so um so yeah I would say the first few years of our marriage it was more about figuring out PCOS getting a predictable predictable pattern so that I could then move forward to conception. And so this walk of PCOS for me was extremely challenging because I was trying to figure out health-wise what I could do differently. hmm and at the time, I mean, I ate everything I wanted to eat. You know how, you know yeah, how it is. Yeah. Like you can do whatever you want to do. The weight just goes away in no time. Absolutely. You snap back. There's no issues. But then as the PCOS kept coming up and I started doing my research and reading articles, um, there was a lot of diet uh, elements that I needed to change. Um, and so with PCOS, if you all don't know what that is, it's when a woman has several cysts around her ovaries. And so those cysts in turn prevent the sperm from connecting with the egg. And therefore mm-hmm. it makes it extremely challenging to conceive. But in addition to those small cysts, you can also have really large cysts. Mm-hmm. Um, and those cysts, I was reading an article, could be affected by cat caffeine and so really okay so the more caffeine yes me and you have mm-hmm. talked about yeah. that yeah I thought you meant on the podcast in general yes caffeine has been shown to affect uh, things like fibroid cyst or other types of cysts that women can get around their female organs and so on my journey of trying to figure this all out caffeine was one of the first things that I had to eliminate so mm-hmm. I got rid of coffee Sweet tea, like all the great stuff that makes you feel really, really good. The stuff you you just know you need in the morning. You know you need it in the morning. (laughs) That is my light! (laughs) Psych! Um, so, yeah, I had to do away caffeine. Another thing that I read about was dairy products. So dairy, I read, caused inflammation and inflammation in turn can make it more difficult to conceive when you have internal inflammation. So I also cut out dairy and I started doing things like almond milk and that type of thing.
0: Why is it that all of the good stuff, all is the good stuff, so bad, so bad, so like, bad? I love me some mac and cheese. I yes. just, I, you know, the ooey gooeyness from the pizza. Like you just love that fresh mozzarella. You yes, just, and it's also bad. Like I, I all know so for a fact that I should not have dairy because I have asthma, mm-hmm. and it just creates mucus and it just keeps you congested. That's it. I can go out and go to dinner and have something uh, with cheese, and the next morning I'm,
1: <sighs> yep. Like just, you already know. Yeah. You already nasally, know. Nasally, uh-huh. right?
0: You wake up, oh God. Yeah. My eyes, like you even get like the crusting eyes. You normally don't have the crusty <laughs> eyes. So now I gotta drink lemon and, and, and ginger
1: to get myself trying to get cleared up from this dairy. It's just
0: it's so good, but it's so bad. <laughs>
1: Okay, back to what you were saying. Yeah, so and for me it's queso. Oh my goodness. I love a good Mexican restaurant with some serious queso. Yes. Can I have a can I have a bowl, not a cup. Can I have a a bowl? bowl (laughs) I can get away with the cup. I can get away with the cup. But a bowl Oh (laughs) man Talk about constipation The next day Anywho So Had to get rid of the dairy Had to get rid of the caffeine Um, And then I I thought back To my um, Adolescent age Mm -hmm. And I remember As a child um, I had this thing done Called a CAT scan Mm Mm-hmm. And on the cat scan They looked at my pituitary gland And they told my parents Like oh she has a calcium block On her pituitary gland Mm. And that could be like Throwing off her Her hormone levels Or whatever Because I've had I've had issues With my cycles My you know Um, Yeah, my entire life. Well, since I started, which was at the age of 10. And so they were saying, oh, this calcium block on her pituitary gland might be causing some issues, you know. And so I don't remember what they did to intercept that or to cause it to get better. I think it was just divine intervention because when I went back, the calcium block was gone off of the pituitary gland. Mm. But my point is... One of the things about the pituitary gland is where it's located in your mm-hmm. body. It's around the base of the brain. Um And my husband had been doing chiropractic. Y'all know chiropractic care is kind of one of those things like. Uh, but not, it's so needed. It's needed. Right. <clears throat> and it's proven medically to help a lot of people. You have professional ball players, you have dancers, you have people with ADHD mm-hmm. and That's come like to it. find out people with infertility. So, mm-hmm. I went to um a chiropractor here in, in the area and one of the things that they work on is getting your vertebra in line so that all of your nerves, all of your neuropathic pathways can communicate with your brain effectively. Mm-hmm. Knowing that I had the issue with the pituitary gland issue as a child, I was like, I wonder if at the base of my head, at the base of my skull, there's a vertebra that's like out of place or something like that, Mm -hmm. that could be blocking the pathway of communication to to my brain so that my female reproductive organs would function properly. Mm -hmm. When I went to the chiropractor that first day, Mm -hmm. I was actively bleeding, after about two weeks of adjustment, and, and at that point, I had been bleeding probably about 10 weeks. After that adjustment, yeah, poor Aaron, right? Pastor Aaron, he, you know, just anyway, pray for us, y'all. So anyway, <laughs> after, and I'm doing this because that's how they would adjust the skull, mm-hmm. just adjust the vertebra. After about two weeks of that, I had stopped bleeding. Wow. Right. And not only did they work on the vertebra under the skull of my head, mm-hmm. but they also made adjustments. I'm sorry. They also made adjustments at the base of my back where your reproductive organs right. are. Right. So when, when they were getting those vertebra in line at the base of my back, mm-hmm. not only could the neuropathic past pathways communicate effectively, um, you know to my brain where the pituitary gland was but then also as you got to the, to repro- the yes wow. yeah you were getting better communication there as well so hey this is really how you're supposed to be working body so mm. um so i started chiropractic care probably around 2017 mm. um and so now Do you I you still was- go No, but I'm going to start back. And the reason why I I stopped going is because I had two kids back to back, y'all. And it was just a lot. It was a lot at the time. So, but anyway, so I started then kind of getting a regular cycle. And so at that point, I was... As
0: you're getting the chiropractic care care on the regular.
1: On the regular. Yes. So we've stopped caffeine. We've stopped dairy. We started going to the chiropractor. I'm exercising regularly. And all of a sudden, my cycles are becoming more predictable. Mm. So now I'm kind of coming up out of this PCOS mindset. And I'm like, oh, this is- maybe we can have a kid. Yeah maybe this this might be the yeah this might be the moment like we might catch this 48 hour window to make this thing go down so i'm getting excited now so now i'm thinking fertility so I, i know this is a long way of answering your question but but when i got out of the pcos mindset begin to experience normal cycles that's when i begin to say okay I'm ready to have children. So at this point I've been, I've been trying to do lifestyle changes for about three years. Mm, wow! So heavy hitting when I met you, that's when it was starting to get really heavy that I wanted to have children and it wasn't happening even though I was having more regular cycles. Um, and so now probably about the fourth year into not having children, and at this point, I'm really desiring to have children. Because you know, when you want to have children, everybody else around you is getting yeah, pregnant, right? Everyone. and everyone. you love them right. a lot. There are people people you really care about, but it's like, wow, it's happening to you, you and you and like, you. And up, what, ab- what about me, Jesus? What happened? I've, I've been serving you, Lord. I've been fasting, and praying. I've been... <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear me? The two hundred and
0: ninety-seven t- exactly. I'm sh- okay. I know you heard me because I, I pray for this person. This happens. <laughs> I'm sure you heard me. Surely you heard. Me.
1: Surely God. <laughs> surely, am I thou good and faithful servant? <laughs> but yeah, I totally get yeah it. yes. So it, it it was it was thick, meaning like I was I was borderline jealous and and and. Envious because Mm -hmm. it was just like man, you know, I've made all these lifestyle changes. I'm in in my mind doing everything right and it's not happening. So infertility came up at that very last moment. I want to say the beginning of 2019. That's when we decided, oh, let's go see a doctor Mm -hmm. about it. And um, again, I never thought of it as infertility until probably that first appointment. And, um, you know, the doctor was saying, well, you know, women with PCOS get pregnant all the time. It's really not that big of a deal. It's just like a challenge getting there. You know, Mm -hmm. once you get pregnant, it's typically a healthy pregnancy. So we'll test your husband. So it was weird because he almost like threw it off on my husband. Like, you the problem, dude, not her. Mm. And I was like, whoa, that's wild. Like for four years now going on five. At this point, Mm. we're like trying to focus on me, 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 me. And I'm thinking it's all about what I got to do to make this happen. By the way, Lord, I want you to do it too. But at the same time, what am I doing? And then when we get to to the infertility appointment, it's all about my husband. And so, um, so yeah, we can talk later about how that shifted. But and within two months, we didn't even go through the fertility treatment process. We were pregnant.
0: Mm. Oh wow. Okay. Because I remember um it's probably March. hmm Yeah. Of nineteen. Mm-hmm. It was right before I think we got married. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we just came off twenty one days praying fasting, mm-hmm. and I think like maybe a month later or two. Yep, we're like we're praying, I was like, yes, <laughs> 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 because I mean, when you know someone's struggle, know they've been trying it, know they've been fasting and praying, it's like,
1: yes, God, you did it. This, yes. yes, yes. So um, yes, Lord, <laughs> yes. Lord. So you
0: you just you rejoice even even when you're going through it and you have those thoughts or feelings uh, creeping in of jealousy and envy mm-hmm. when you know someone's on the journey like it's just a like yes they got out of the game yeah like you 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 rejoice so much because you know the pain and the struggle and you know just all the emotions that come through or with it so when you see someone get that that yes you it's like you're it just as excited oh as absolutely
1: they are. absolutely absolutely
0: so um We talked about how you found out. Mm -hmm. So how did, I know you have, you have a sister, right? Mm -hmm. So how did this affect your whole family? I know the spouses go through it just their their bodies don't go through it, but mentally, emotionally, Mm -hmm. they are right there in the thick of it. So how did this whole, when you, you know, shifted the, because what I'm hearing is first you were focused on, I need, I need to get healthy. Like I don't know mm-hmm. what's going on with my body. It wasn't mm-hmm. even on children, but right. after you guys got past the okay, I'm having a regular cycle, we can get to the nitty gritty, mm-hmm. um, and realize it's not happening as fast as we thought it would. Right. Um, how was it for your husband, your parents, your siblings? Like, how was even delivering the news? Because so often, and I've said this on prior episodes we don't talk about this in our community mm-hmm. um you know it's it's almost taboo like okay everybody all the cousins have kids all the mm-hmm. sisters and brothers have kids why am i not able to have kids so yeah and sometimes um our older generation sometimes they don't quite know what to say oh man or how to say or it's like yeah we can go have some kids you can get no older
1: <laughs> <laughs> see that was my father-in-law all day all day and i guess my mother-in-law was like hey like uh-uh mm-hmm. like you you gotta stop you gotta stop with that you know mm-hmm. uh, and they they started he started particularly with those questions like right after the wedding oh yeah i could I, it was I, like come on like can i get to know the man first oh, yeah you know i re- i remember recently someone
0: um had just got married and um they were like we ain't gonna have kids i was like Mm-mm, don't do that Don't do that! No, no, no. yeah please
1: don't do I was that like, you don't, i
0: was like you don't ask, you don't ask people that's kind of I'm, and I'm thinking in my head, like you should know that. By <laughs> like, come on, come no, no
1: on, you know etiquette and protocol. No, don't do that. Exactly. I think I
0: literally I think these people have been married like a couple weeks, and yes. I was on the phone
1: with them while they were asking, you "We
0: know, have kids I was like, Mm-mm-mm-mm. "Please, no, 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 <laughs> no,
1: don't do it." <laughs> yes. So, note to everybody out there, please, please. be sensitive please. when folks get married. Just be happy. Yes. That they marry, yeah, but, but, but because some people don't want kids right off, correct? Or at all correct, correct. So, but anyway, how did it affect my family? So we had, um, I had some interesting dynamics. In fact, um, my mother was, um, she was definitely like a rock in the process along with my husband, um, but my mom was kind of the one where, I when I had my my down days and my husband was like was the cheerleader and I was like, man, I don't really want to take away his spunk. I don't want to be the Debbie Downer. I don't want to be that Debbie Downer in here. But today is not the day. So (laughs) then I would, you know, go speak with my mother. Um and she was concerned on a lot of levels. Um one of the things, I actually was a bone marrow donor to my father who had leukemia. And so mom went through this season of guilt because she thought mm-hmm. because I donated my bone marrow that it had that it led to infertility. And so um that was that was a process for us to work through that cuz at some point she had me believing it was true and i was like no that's a lie that's a lie that's not no, that's sweet. impossible you know um and so anyway i i went to her because we kind of had this connection you know where i could i could just be raw and um, she was very supportive throughout the entire process um, and she was confident the entire time that I would get pregnant. And so we would pray uh, every morning on my way to work. So when we pray for my father and his situation, we would also pray for me and, and my healing and uh, for, for us to conceive. Um, so my mother was like I said, after she got through that season of guilt, she was extremely supportive. Now, my sister, um, I never really shared with her the depth mm-hmm. of what I was going through because she was one of the ones that I love. They got pregnant yeah. um, before I did. And so um, I never wanted to throw that jealousy and be off on her yeah. because it's not. It's not her timing. It wasn't my timing. No. You know, it was no, no fault of her own. Right. Um, and so I never wanted to make her feel um as if I was was throwing shade because mm-hmm. I right. I really wasn't trying to right um so I never really shared in depth with her I don't even know if she knew my struggles of of my menstrual cycles I don't even know if she knew uh, the type of irregular uh, cycles that I had um and so I was pretty shielded and guarded in that mm-hmm. fact matter of fact I probably shared most of my story with people like you um, church family. Or people who had been through the walk before mm-hmm. and I was trying to get more understanding, more information, you know, asking what did you do in that. Um, and so really, I think as far as like a direct impact, um, it was mostly my husband and my mother. And I already told you about my in-laws. you know, I, th- I think once they, figured out that, Oh, she has a condition. That's when they really kind of pull back. back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the prayers shifted for my healing versus for the pregnancy. Now, my husband, yeah, my husband, he, uh, he, <laughs> he, I, I have to, I'm grateful that he is my lifelong partner. Because he was able to be down for the worst of days. But also, (laughs) he would be my cheerleader when I didn't want him to be. So, for example, there was one Mother's Day. I think it was 2018. And uh, I was just like, man, this is the pits. Like, this stinks. Like, all out. Yeah, all out. And um, this man said... Happy Mother's Day, babe. And I wanted to throw a book at him. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. No pregnancy, no sign of pregnancy and sight. He was
0: speaking it. He, he was
1: speaking it. He saw was always And he was speaking all of it. And I was like, nah, bro, I ain't feeling it. all this struggling i'm doing over here i don't on and off birth controls all these hormone uh treatments that they got i ain't trying to hear nuts i'm happy mother's day babe what i'm not a mother right i'm not a mother i'm not feeling it so um but but that's i think a, a perfect example of how he embodied the support of a spouse um in their darkest moments And so I was really, really grateful for him because when I stopped praying, he was praying. When I got tired, he was still encouraging. When I was done with it, because I really was like, I'm just not supposed to have kids. He was like, no, we're supposed to have kids.
0: I don't don't know what it is about. I, I just probably think some of it is we are more emotional than men. But it just seems like husbands just always have this calm about them, mm-hmm. no matter what it is. The right husband. The right, okay, the right husband. Let me. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, they do. They have this calm about it when you're all flustered or not having a good day or, you know, you feel bad or you're down in the dumps or you feel like it's your fault. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, calm down. It's, yeah. it's going to be okay. And why are you stressing about this if you've prayed about it? I'm like, dude, don't throw that up in my face. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> you, you know, you, you should have peace at this point. Well, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and and I need you to feel how I feel. <laughs> but yes, no. I am over it. Um, but yeah, just saying what you're saying in in our our walk, um, there have been times where I know I have gone into panics or just had bad days or just all of a sudden just start crying for no reason. And my husband will look at me like we, you know, God got us or we we prayed about this. So why are you so riled up? Why are you so anxious? Why are you having anxiety about this? I'm like, dude, how are you so calm? right It's just, I don't know. Maybe it's their walk. I don't know what it is, but it's just like, do we're gonna be on we're we're gonna be okay I'm like no we're not do you Mm -hmm. do you not see what we we're going Mm -hmm. through right now but Mm -hmm. maybe they have the ability to see past what we only can see we're here and they can see it's gonna happen
1: or maybe they're just not going through exactly what our body is going through and they just don't completely get it so they're able to be calm maybe I don't know I, I'd like to go with your your thought, but some, some part of me just says, bruh, you don't know what I'm dealing with, so you can stay calm. All of these medicines and hormones make me
0: crazy.
1: Man, I was out of my mind. They was trying birth control, and this is all about the PCOS management, right? They were trying birth control after birth control, and then they put me on metformin and some other stuff, um, just trying to manage my hormones, and I was loco, like I was definitely out of my mind, like not. And then I, I couldn't understand. I'm like, okay, how am I gonna get pregnant if y'all keep putting me on birth control?
0: It, the, okay. I was like, this doesn't make sense. This does not I, make sense. One of my protocols. I was like, this is stupid. This, this is stupid. Make sense. This doesn't make this sense. This is not logical at all. This, is, this is not making the math is not math. What is happening? <laughs> this, this, this doesn't make sense. Like. Mm, yeah. are y'all really trying to get me pregnant? Or y'all just taking our money.
1: Exactly. Which is it? Exactly. So, um, but anyway, what whichever way it is, whether it's spiritual or they just don't get it or both, you know, I'm thankful that the Lord pairs us with partners, with husbands um, so, so that we can have that balance mm-hmm. um, to connect with the baseline because it was definitely him that kept me grounded and i remember we went um to miami florida um at the end of 2018 it was it was a late anniversary trip i remember this story and when i tell you we duked it out not physically but verbally it was this emotionally charged conversation about how he felt about not being able to have kids and how I felt about not being able to have kids and like we were both snotting and tearing and and it was just it was just this big mess but we were able to put everything out Mm -hmm. like just get all get it all out and maybe that's what the Lord was waiting on like maybe the Lord was just like Hey, you know, all along this process, all along this journey, you guys have had far too many barriers. You know, Brittany's Mm -hmm. feeling one way. Aaron's feeling another way. Like maybe it took us to get it all out to truly be on one accord in order for this union or or conception to happen, um, as children for, for children. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was, it was an extremely emotionally charged conversation. I feel like I learned so much more about my husband than I, than I had ever known, particularly when it came to having children. But at the end of the day, he really was concerned about my health and well being, And I think a lot of the reason why he he wasn't completely transparent. Those the latter part of the process was because he didn't want to add any additional stress and emotions to, you know um, so I guess just having one big fireball of a conversation was the way to do it. um, Because two months later we were pregnant.
0: Look at the Lord. Right. Look at the Lord. Right. 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 So in all of this, all of the conversation that we have discussed about your journey and how you got there and um the PCOS piece which I really had not heard of it until I got on this journey that wasn't my um diagnosis but I had not heard of PCOS until I got on this journey Mm. and educated you know myself because if I see something i'm, yeah. I'm gonna look it up I'm, I'm going to see what it's about how you can get better what foods you can eat mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff <clears throat> what would you tell another woman that may be possibly listening if she's not listening maybe her friend is listening and she she'll tell her you know hey you should listen to this podcast it's encouraging i think you could learn a few things or you know it could pick your spirits up. What would you tell a woman that may possibly hear this episode um, about your journey and about having hope? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, whether it's through adoption, whether they're waiting um, after miscarriage, whether they have had multiple transfers through IVF that were um, not successful What would you tell that woman that is listening to continue to have hope or what words of encouragement would you give her?
1: Yeah. So I would definitely say in short, please don't give up, remain prayerful and surround yourself with women who have gone through the walk and in the walk of infertility and a struggle of having children because no other woman will understand. No other woman will understand unless they have walked the steps. Otherwise, you're going to feel ousted, you're going to feel insecure, you're going to feel um, like you're not enough, or that the Lord didn't create you to do exactly what he created you to do, which was to procreate, and to put his seeds of salt into this world. Um, So I would say definitely don't give up. I think um, your prayer life is critical. Um, if you have not established a prayer life, I would recommend you start with 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes before you go to bed. I don't care how you pray if it's on your back in your bed. Say something to the Lord about your struggle. Say something to the Lord about how you're feeling and then remind the Lord that he said in his word that he would give you the desires of your heart if you delight yourself in him. And so ladies, when you delight yourself in Christ, he will give you the desires of, of your heart. That's what it says in his word and his word is not a lie. So when you can begin to align your prayer life up, with the word of God, then you can stay encouraged, even on your down days, because you have the word to go back to. And then next, I would say, um, definitely do your research, read um, a lot of my um, encouragement, When I felt like I was walking the walk alone was through articles and reading different posts, listening to uh, different people in their story. And once you begin to do your research and you begin to find out more, like Janae said, find out more about your particular health condition, then you can decide, okay, Lord, these are some of the things that I found. What is it that you want me to do? Do do you want me to take dairy away? Do you want me to keep it in? Should Mm -hmm. I pull out the caffeine? Should I keep the caffeine? (coughs) Should I exercise more? Should I try to lose weight? Um, You can, you and the Lord can then have a conversation about what is uh, proper, the proper steps for you and your life. Because even though we have walked these steps of infertility, your steps and your journey are going to be different from mine. They're going to be different from Janae's. Mm -hmm. And so we have to glean on what we can and ask the Lord how to apply. So no, your prayer life have a prayer life know your word know the promises of God God said that children are a blessing so why in the world would God leave a blessing from you mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. i mean he loves to give that's that's his thing like he loves us so why would he keep a blessing from you so remind him of his word but you got to know his word to remind him that's of his right. word yep. and so yeah and then you know read articles and make sure that you're staying plugged in to people who've walked the walk and that's what I would say that's the only way that you are going to to stay hopeful um, is, is prayer life the word of God um, doing your personal research and surrounding yourself with people who've been through it because if they went through it and came out of it, you can do the same.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: Well, I am so glad that you stopped by to share your
0: story. Thank you, Brittany, for coming. We um, we're glad that you were able to stop by. And um, I would just like to say um, that, To a woman that is listening to this, you are not alone in this. Your voice is not mute. You matter and your journey matters. So until next time, keep believing that you too can overcome being one in eight.